Welcome to Farts, Performers Happiness in the Arts podcast that's meant to gas up musical theater performers as they pursue a long career on the stage. We bring flatulent happiness to ourselves and to each other through integrity, authenticity, love, and of course, humor. All guests on this podcast are out to help musical theater performers. And while we do it, ah, we may laugh at the simple things like the word penis, penis. We are here live in NYC Musical Theater Performers recording for the Farts Podcast with Rachel Dude. Welcome, Rachel. What's up, y'all? Oh, my God. So excited to have you here. I love your makeup. It's very like you're a professional performer and I'm interviewing you, which is exactly what this is. Well, you know, I put on some mascara for you. So I I'm love just a good saying. mascara. I love a good <laughs> mascara. I feel the experience. If you're listening to this on the podcast, just enjoy the makeup from your own imagination. Yes. <laughs> fabulous. Rachel, could you give your resume from Vegas alone? I want people to understand why we are talking about performing in Las Vegas and why you. Sure. So um, I moved to Vegas after doing cruise ships. And um, when I was there, I um, worked with a bunch of bands at first is the first kind of thing I did there. But then as far as actual productions, like musical theater stuff, I did Million Dollar Quartet, American Idiot, uh, Spamalot, and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So you've been there a little bit. You've been there yeah, a little bit. I was there for a little while. I love that. And when you first starting started working there, we're not going to say year. No, that's just rude. <laughs> but when you first started working there, what was the performance world like there at the time? When I got there, it was pretty, you know, it was booming. They they had uh, Jersey Boys and Rock of Ages. They had Avenue Q. They had um, Phantom of the Opera, which had been there for several years. So there were a lot of really big musicals. And then there was a half a dozen Cirque shows as well. And almost every Cirque show has at least a singer in it. And then there were tribute bands. And it, it was a it was a busy place to be when I first got there. Cool. We're just going to dive into what, what, where it is now and what, how did that happen? And we're not um, even talking about COVID. We're talking about just. We're talking pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So I spent about two and a half, almost three years in Vegas. And in my time there, the final year, we had 28 shows close in one year including every single musical with the exception of um, two, which was the uh, the Baz Luhrmann um, show that was like a, a mashup of all of his movies, and then Tony and Tina's Wedding. Those were the only two things that were theatrical that survived. And um, it really started to go downhill primarily because the average age of person coming to Vegas started to shift. So the, the average age got lower and lower every year that I was there. And unfortunately, the younger people that were coming weren't going to spend their money on shows. They were spending hundreds of dollars to go to the nightclubs or to go, you know, have the pool bars and bottle service and all of these things instead of going to, to see a show. As you yeah. would. Yes, yes. So they, they were spending their money on other forms of entertainment, if you will. 
But, you know, you had classic shows like Jubilee had been there for 50 years or something like that. It was like the classic showgirl show. My parents saw that show when they got married. So, you know, it's been there a long time. Wow, wow. So, and, and a lot of the shows did try to like adapt to keep up with the time. So something like showgirls, they actually, um, Jubilee, they went in and took out a lot of the the older stuff and put in like hip hop music and tried to like bring in a, a younger clientele and it just didn't work. And because there were so many performers there, it just kind of, there was so much talent and not a lot of opportunity anymore. And especially within um, being, if you're, you were a actor's equity actor out there, there is no work none whatsoever at all. So I got my closing notice in like August of the year when everything closed. And by the end of that year, it's, it kind of just shriveled up in a corner and died. (laughs) Wow. And do you, was there any, I know Britney Spears stopped doing Vegas a long time ago. Were there any names like that left doing Um, Vegas? They do have, that's one of the only ways that, before COVID, of course, that they were still getting people to go to the theater. It was when you have Celine Dion in town or um, uh, Elton John would come through. Like, so the the Coliseum, which was built specifically for Celine Dion, shares with a whole bunch of other people now. So those rotating shows would do well. I think the Backstreet Boys did something at Mandalay Bay for a little while. Um, Meatloaf was doing something at Planet Hollywood for a while. And he would and... do anything for love. But I won't do that. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> but so that that was kind of... There was the, there was the uh, kind of a, a more steep decline in like the actual musicals as opposed to everything else. So Slurk had deeper pockets than a lot of these other companies. So you know, they could hold on to a room for longer, even if they weren't selling as well, because it's Cirque du Soleil, right? But um, we'll, we'll see how they start to come back, because they've nixed a couple of their shows already, just because there's, <laughs> well, there are no shows right now. There there's no a, yeah. there's like maybe, I think two shows that I know of right now that are performing, and the, the dancers are fully masked the entire show. Um <laughs> Yeah, and I even mean, that, that it mean, depends on the that's week. The, the COVID journey, but I really wanted to, which of course we all are in and and the recovery. But I'm really happy to be going into the before because for people to understand the state it is, what's being pulled in there now. It's not that it's out for performers, but it sounds like either if you're a backup singer with a major person or a backup dancer with that major, or you are that major person, you are a Backstreet Boy. It's really yeah, that's really where it's at. It, there. So you're saying that classic show, that classic showgirl show is no more? No, pretty much. There, There's a couple of like uh, the, the top list review shows that are, have still survived. Not very many. And the ones that have are not because you, you think of the traditional showgirl show as like Folie Bergère, like it's the, the, the six foot tall girls with the feathers and all yeah. that doesn't exist anymore, really, unfortunately. Wow. Um, so really it's still a good entertainment community. And that's the thing that I miss about Vegas. The, the entertainment community is amazing there. And 
you know, the, there's always something going on, but unless you want to be either like a singer in a band, there's a lot of work for that, which unfortunately doesn't pay very well because there is a lot of people that are willing to do it. Right. And if you're a dancer, if you're a really good commercial dancer there, there's work, but, um, it used to be a place where you could do a kind of a hybrid of everything where you had entertainers, but you had like your other entertainer jobs, like, um, juggling or something. Yeah. yeah, Like promoting, taking pictures, like getting dressed up in a costume for events. Um, you know, and that kind of thing is still there. It's just all of the regular performance opportunities have kind of dried up. Wow. Wow. And when it, what is the social life like? Because, for me, I just imagine parties and lights in Las Vegas, and I just need to take a nap thinking about that. So, but I mean, for some people, well, that's for them. For me, I'm like, oh my God. Well, Vegas is very much, I mean, it's about the nightlife. And not to mention the fact that it is so ungodly hot there that, especially in the summer, I wouldn't leave my house until the sun was down because it was just too hot and miserable. But most things revolve around nighttime entertainment and the the social side of it was a kind of a big shift for me because there's a certain expectation for what you look like when you are both a performer but also if you're just going out in Vegas like for example I would finish a show right so I take my show makeup off I want to go watch another friend doing a different gig and I go over to to watch their set and I have no makeup on and my hair's not done and people would be like oh are you okay? Like, what's wrong? There was this assumption that you always had to look perfectly done, hair extensions, you know, eyelashes, you know, boobs up to here. You had to always be done to go out. Otherwise it was kind of like, there was no chill hanging out really. You had to be full out when you were going out. I feel like that'd be a challenge for me. I I think I would find a mask with makeup (laughs) on. And then a sweatshirt with like a nice dress on it, and I, yeah, I think that well, would be my way. Which people would be like, "It's it's John." <laughs> yeah, it was it was a unfortunately that that stigma around Vegas. I think in many ways is accurate. Um, it's kind of like a West Coast thing too, in general. Like everything's about how you look and how you come across to everybody else. I would say and, definitely in Southern California, specifically mm-hmm. when you go to the Bay Area, it's much more relaxed. Yeah, I definitely but like LA. Yeah, so it's the LA culture appearance. Yeah, and, yes. and Vegas okay. is like LA adjacent. <laughs> got it. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. There are some of you who are listening who may understand that, and some who might, but there is it. It really is a European. Appearances is a is a big thing. It's a big big thing. Yeah, well, it was nice coming back to the East Coast and being like, oh, people go out and wear leggings instead of having to like have jeans and stilettos and all the things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, oh my god, it's so nice. I was like, give me a tennis shoe any day. <laughs> give me a tennis shoe. Yes, absolutely. My dog has eaten my tennis shoes, so I don't have them right now. Mm-hmm. That's fine. It's that's hence doggy life. <laughs> Okay, any for anybody who is interested in Vegas, what piece of advice do you have about it? Because it's just so different. Yeah, I think my biggest piece of advice would be don't move there without feeling like you can be flexible. 
because a lot of there are a lot of like unique job opportunities for entertainers there, but they're not like your stereotypical singing job. Mm. So the my first job when I was there was a bevertainer, which basically meant that I was a singing cocktail server. So I was being a server, I was serving alcohol, and then once an hour I would hop up on a stage and I would sing. And that was a great way for you to like make money, but you're still entertaining in a way. It's the same way that people work at say, don't tell mamas, mm-hmm. right? You're a bartender, but you're still a singer. So if you're willing to do jobs like that to pay your bills, then it's not so difficult to be able to say, oh, I'm going to start a band or I want to write music because you have those still entertainment based jobs that can pay your bills. I love that. Are there, is there live theater opportunity outside of the strip? It's a very, you know what I mean? Like regional so like theaters? Region, yeah, like regional kind of the community theater. And that's it. There's kind of a, a very weird hybrid out there. I, um, when I did spam a lot, it was actually with what you would consider a regional theater, not on the strip. Whereas my other shows were on the strip. Yeah. And there are opportunities, but almost none of them are paid Okay. because there are so many entertainers available that want to do things. So again, if you can have a, if you're willing to be flexible and have a job that can pay the bills, then you can go do the show. That's just paying you a gas stipend, you know? And, but because of that, there are so many incredibly talented people at that level that you'll get, you know, like a, a, a tiny community theater with Broadway caliber people mm. because they just want the opportunity to do that particular show or they want to collaborate, you know, in a setting when they're normally doing solo shows kind of thing. Yeah. So you get a lot of, you work with a lot of really great people, but unfortunately there's not a lot of money in it. Yeah. Do they, for equity, is is there any equity work with that where it's where everyone else is getting paid a shitty stipend, but then there are a couple equity contracts? Do, are there any places like that? Not really. The okay. only ones that are like that, um, the, the University of Las Vegas does have equity contracts. But other than that, any of like the smaller theater companies, they don't even do guest artist contracts. Okay. Because uh, Nevada is a right to work state. Mm-hmm. So technically speaking, even if you're in the union, you can still accept other work. It's a very blurry gray area. Um, I luckily didn't ever have to deal with switching or, oh, um, you know, is this okay? Can I work with this company? I don't know. Yeah. I never had to deal with that personally. Mm-hmm. But as far as like union shows out there, as far as I'm aware, currently there are no equity shows other than the ones that are done through the university. Okay. Okay. That's really great to know. Thank you. And then in regards to auditioning for Vegas, is it more you have to be there for for a lot of the stuff or can you still access a lot of it through say backstage or not really? They, um, and it's very interesting because one of the things I like about Vegas is that you are close enough that if you want to still audition for like mainstream theater stuff, you can drive to LA in like four hours. Mm -hmm. So, I would go in for Wicked and Jersey Boys and things like that when they'd come around every year. But as far as people actually auditioning, they basically want you to be live. And a lot of the times, this is very strange because unless you've done auditions like this, you're going to be like, what? 
you typically audition in the theater on the stage. Oh, cool. And sometimes even on mic. And depending on the place, you will have the other auditioners in the house, like in the audience. So you're called down and you audition in front of everyone else that you're competing with. Ew. Which... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So I just don't the like first it. time that Very that happened to me, I was like, "What? What's going on?" Um, but I ended up. You, you just have to reframe your mind around it because it's like, you know, you don't. Of course, there's always going to be somebody that's there that's sitting there and being judgy. But at the same time, like, it gives you someone to play off of. It gives you someone to perform to, and being able to fill a room as opposed to being in like a teeny tiny little like audition studio is really nice. Yeah. Because then you don't have to feel like, Oh, am I too loud? Am I too over the top? Like you fill the room. Yeah. So, but you pretty much have to be there unless you have like established some rapport with people that are there. Um, it's, it's pretty difficult because they, they really want to, see you in person. And like I said, there is so much talent there that they don't have to compromise. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. I get that. I get that. I don't like it, but I get that. And I like, of course, always changing your frame, your mindset on it. That makes a lot of sense. Okay. Any last words before we peace out? Because I like a nice short interview and this is already just so jam-packed with great stuff. Mm. I think that One of the things about Vegas that if you are interested in living there and you just want to have like a life life, like be able to afford a house, be able to have a car, those kind of things, that's the place to do it because Mm -hmm. the cost of living there is really, really low. It's gone up slightly since I've left, but I have friends there that are say in a singing duo, they, they perform in that duo three or four times a week. And as a couple, they can afford a two-bedroom house with a pool. Nice. Like, that's unheard of on the yeah, East Coast. It is. So it is. if you're you're considering going there and, like, quality of life is very important to you and you're willing to, like, wait for the opportunities and have less auditions, it is good for that kind of a person. But if you want that person that's like, I got three auditions today, let's go, that's not Vegas. Vegas is more of a chill lifestyle, but also it is a place where entertainers support one another in a very genuine way. Like Mm -hmm. you show up for your friends, you go to your friends gigs and your friends come to your gigs and there, and you could, there's not a day that I couldn't have gone to any piano bar in that city and got up on stage and just sang just for fun. That's fine. Because it, and you, you learn that it's not so serious all the time. You know, it's okay to go up and just do a song you've never done before. And that was really a eye-opening experience for me on, like, the musicality side of things. You learn a lot about yourself, and you learn to trust your, your own <laughs> preparation as opposed to being like, I can't tell you how many times I performed there and didn't have a rehearsal at all. Wow. <laughs> so... It, it teaches you a, in a different way to trust yourself, but to also not take yourself so seriously. I love that. That's wonderful. Thank you. Where can people find you on social media? You can find me on all of the social medias at Rachel Dutt, just my name. 
Um, if you can't find that, you can Google it and it come, my website comes up and all of my socials are on there. Thank you so much for coming on. Of Rachel course. down below. If you're really grateful for this interview, I sure <laughs> am. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.